From the studios of Teeing It Up in the swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up presents Danny Flicka in his weekly spot previewing Super Bowl 55 coming your way tomorrow, Sunday, February 7th. This is Saturday, February 6th, uh, 2021 between the Bucks and the Chiefs. Danny, have you looked into this game or are you just... Starting to pay attention now. I mean, because, look, we didn't know this matchup until last night at 1 in the morning. So are you ready? <laughs> yeah, I, I think from a gambling perspective and analysis perspective, whatever perspective you want to take on this game, it, I think for most people they've been pretty much entrenched in the side that they, they want, how they've handicapped this game. Obviously, with only one game on the schedule, it's the biggest game of the year, biggest you know gambling game of the year. You really want to handicap the game. That way, you can kind of set up your your lines, your totals, your props, and everything else like that. So, I think I've been pretty much set since Tuesday of this week with everything. Trying not to waver on the the sides I've taken. Hopefully, you know tomorrow comes and I'm able to cash it out some of the things I haven't played. Let's just look for a second at where we are uh, just from a 30,000-foot perspective because right now we have a three-point line favoring the Chiefs. They are uh, the road team. Tampa is at home. Do you agree with the Chiefs being three-point favorites? Yeah, this line opened up at three-and-a-half. It's gone down to three. Maybe it's still at three-and-a-half. I think this number's about right. I don't see it being inflated one way or the other. I think that if this game maybe was played someplace else, you might see a four or four and a half line. Um, I think being in Tampa does favor the Bucks a bit, um, but I think the line is just about right. When these two teams met in November, late November, it was a three-point line in the favor of the Chiefs. Um, the Bucs have played a little bit better football since then. Obviously, the Chiefs had a really great performance last week, but overall, I think both teams have stayed the same, um, and I think we're going to see a very similar type of game play out, but I think this line is right where it's supposed to be. When we talked earlier this week, there was a weather forecast that was not very good, um, but now it looks like this weather um, is going to move out in the morning, which means you could have a wet field, but a dry game. Does the weather impact? Um, and it's going to be nice and warm. Obviously, when it's warm and humid, you start thinking about cramps. Um, but is this a scenario where you are uh, looking at the weather and think that that could have an impact? The official Weather Channel is thunderstorms in the morning will give way to partly cloudy skies late and they'll be falling through the 70s into the 60s at night come game time. Does that impact anything, having a wet turf? Yeah, I think there'll be some impact. There's always, you know, some slip, um, some, you know, inability to cut on certain plays. Uh, maybe the ball's wet, you know, some handling issues, some fumbling. Um, but I think that with that... With that temperature and that humidity, that the field where it needs to be, I'm sure they might even have some tarp, like a tarp over, perhaps um, to protect it a little bit. As long as it's not raining, I, I think that the weather won't really have that big of an impact on the game. 
right, so we're gonna go kind of unit by unit and uh, see where this takes us. Um, we've got um, one of the interesting things uh, for me, and, and this is very X's and O's, is obviously late in that AFC Championship game, um, they, the uh, Chiefs lost Eric Fisher. And we saw against Aaron Rodgers what the Tampa Bay pass rush was able to do. It was very annoying, very uh, sticky, uh, very in his face, forcing him out of the pocket. And whether it's JPP or whether it's Levante David or you can go down the line, Nodamican Sue, as you go down the line in terms of these buck pass rushers, do you think they have enough um, there to be able to force Patrick Mahomes out of the pocket, even though I would argue Patrick Mahomes is better when forced out of the pocket. So how do you see the loss of Fisher, what the Bucks have done pass rush-wise previous, and how it plays out tomorrow? Yeah, it's an interesting storyline. It's definitely one to pay attention to. It, I think, you know, when you go back and try to play back that Tampa Bay Green Bay game, there were still opportunities for, for Aaron Rodgers to get outside the pocket. Obviously, notoriously, the, the third down play late in the game where he had that green grass in front of him and he didn't take it. I, I, I believe we have been disconnected from Danny Flecka here on teeing it up. We will seek to get Mr. Flecka back um, momentarily. Stay with us. This is the beauty of live producing is you never quite know what you're going to get. Good to see how the sausage is made. Hello? Hello, we got disconnected, but we are still live and still rolling here on Teeing It Up. Yeah, um, sorry about that. Um, but, but yeah, I think we were talking about the pressure on, on uh, yep. Rogers and Holmes that the Bucks might be able to get. And I think the interesting thing to take into consideration is Will Kansas City figure out a way to limit that pass rush by by scheming things up? And, and I think that they're going to. I think we're going to see a lot of misdirection from Kansas City, a lot of play action in the backfield. We know that they like to bring Tyreek Hill in motion in various ways. You know, we've seen Kelsey come in motion in various ways, Hardman as well. I think Kansas City will utilize the short passing game very, very early. Um, to limit that pass rush, and I think that they're going to pick and choose spots where they're going to be running the ball. I, I think I'd be surprised if Kansas City runs the ball 15 to, to 16 times in this game. Uh, I think it's going to be very pass-heavy, and with that, you know, obviously comes the opportunity for the pass rush for Tampa Bay to get home, but I just think it's so hard to bring pressure against Mahomes and not suffer on the back end. And on top of that, we know, like you mentioned, he's really good outside of the pocket. And I think that's the difficulty with quarterbacks nowadays and just Mahomes in general. So you can bring the blitz, you expect him to be behind the center, 
And then the next thing you know, he's rolling out to his right, throwing the ball 70 yards downfield because he has that capability. So I think Tampa Bay is going to have to be lucky to get some sacks. I think they're going to have to be very uh, opportunistic. I think I don't think we're going to see a lot of blitzes. We might see a lot of simulations, you know, where they're going to bring pressure, you know, maybe from different areas and not make it be so recognizable from a home. Um, but I think the pass rush for Tampa Bay, you know, if they are able to get home, it's going to be very, very fortunate because we saw against the Bills that the Bills brought some pressure. They were able to get home on a couple of plays, and Mahomes was still able to make make the throw or get outside the pocket and extend the play or keep the drive alive. And if you're Tampa Bay and you continue to die by that sword, you're going to get blown out of this game. Um, Sammy Watkins, if he comes back tomorrow, he's questionable. If he comes back, what does that do to the Chiefs' offense? It gives him another option, a reliable option, someone who knows the offense. I think, you know, in this game, we know Tyreek Hill and Kelsey are the big people that they got to take out of this game. But if they're committing resources to that, that means somebody else has got to be able to make plays for Kansas City. And that's where you have Hardman and Watkins step up. You know, Watkins had some big catches in the Super Bowl last year. Um, you know, I don't know how healthy he's going to be, how reliable he's going to be. Will he play the entire game? Um, you know, we know he has a history of, of injuries, but if Watkins is available, I think that automatically creates more opportunity even for Hill and for Kelsey later on in the game as things go on. Um, I think what Watkins does, too, is it opens up the field a little bit more for them. I think when you have Hill and Watkins on opposite sides, you, you have to play vertically, and then that opens up pieces in the middle of the field where Kelsey operates. So. Watkins would be a huge boost for them, but we've seen them been able to play without them. Andy Reid's a great uh, offensive game planner, and they're going to be able to find ways to even get the ball to Hill and Kelsey even Watkins is in 100%. Um, chances you watch golf on Sunday versus chances Sammy, uh, sorry, chances Tyreek Hill matches his first quarter output on uh on Sunday night, what's more likely? You watching golf or Tyreek gaining 200 whatever it was yards in the first quarter on Sunday? I think me watching golf. <laughs> That's how outrageous Tyreek Hill's performance was against Tampa Bay in the first quarter the last time these two teams played. Uh, Todd Bowles uh, has completely remade his image. He was a horrendous head coach, but a heck of a defensive coordinator. What? What does Todd Bowles need to do defensively for the Bucks to win this game? Or is this a shootout and there's nothing Todd Bowles can do? I think the, the name of the game for them is to win a big play. And, and, and that's really it, to be honest with you. You're not going to stop them. You're not going to be able to quit a, a ton. Um, you're not going to be able to you know, make Mahomes throw interceptions. So the, the key for them is to limit big plays. We saw a couple of big plays in the Green Bay game. We saw um, a, a lot of big plays against Tampa Bay uh, when Kansas State played them the first time. It's about limiting those big plays. And if they're able to keep the game in front of them, you have to really understand that Kansas City is going to score. And that's just all there is to it. They're just that good. But how are they scoring? Are they getting quick plays? Or are you making them drive the length of the field, converting third down, mentally wearing them down a bit, eventually getting, you know, them in situations that you think favor your defense? I, I think that's the way you got to play this game if you're Tampa Bay. You know, play back, you know, they, they play zone to begin with. To play, you know, more of a cover four maybe instead of a cover three. 
cover the sideline. If they're going to let Kelsey beat you in the middle of the field, that's fine. You know, it's going to take them 10 or 12 plays before, that's fine. But don't let them score in chunks and don't let them, you know, have two or three minute drives um, where you're not able to, you know, really get the game played under your circumstances. It's really hard to do against Kansas City in the first place. But I think that's the game plan that Tampa Bay has to go into uh, tomorrow against Mahomes and Chiefs. When I look at Tom Brady on offense, uh, I there's two things that pop out. We know Godwin, we know Evans, we know how lethal they can be in open space. We know how lethal they can be just as pass catching quarter up, sorry, pass catching receivers. Um, whether it's you know for a game with no yak or with a ton of yak, but when I look at this game, and we haven't seen. Gronk really step up in a pass-catching role yet. We've seen him in a run-block role. We haven't seen him in a pass-catch role. And we haven't seen Leonard Fournette truly, I believe, become what I think he's going to be tomorrow, which is a James White-type screen-passing running back. Am I on to something here? Is is Gronk and Leonard Fournette as pass-catchers going to really step up tomorrow? They could. I mean, Gronk had his best game of the year against Kansas City. Um, and the Chiefs aren't really good at defending the tight end from the line of scrimmage. Um, so if they have uh, the ability to run that, that patent play action team route pass that they love to run with Gronk and Brady, I think there'll be some opportunities for Gronk there. Um, as for Fournette, I understand your sentiment about the James White thing, but I just think he dropped too many passes to be that effective, but there is a there is an opportunity for the Bucks to exploit Kansas City in those pass-catching situations with their running back, or even with some wide receivers out of the backfield. It allows them that opportunity to set up that screen game. Uh, the Chiefs aren't that great at defending that. Um, so one of the things that I, I found when, you know, looking into this game is that in the first game, Tampa Bay was absolutely horrible at attacking the perimeter of the Kansas City Chiefs. And they have some good corners on the outside um, that don't get enough recognition. But where they struggled was in the middle of the field in the slot and the in-line tight end route. So if Tampa Bay is able to set up that play-action game um, and get Gronk in the middle of the field or break in the middle of the field from you know the in-line position, then I think that will open up some more opportunities on the outside as well as you know from the backfield with like Fournette or Jones. But I think that Tampa Bay has to be able to play within the game and be ahead in order for those plays to work. If they get behind 10, 14 points, then it's going to be more purely of a drop-back passing game, and then you kind of eliminate some of those screen plays and and play-action plays that might be able to open those guys up. Um, How important... uh, Because here's... Here's what I think is fascinating about these two defenses. I feel like the Bucks defense has an opportunity to be effective both in the pass rush and the pass coverage game with a couple of guys multidimensional. When you look at the Chiefs, you've got Tyron Matthew and you've got Chris Jones up front, but I feel like there's more holes in the, the pass coverage game than the Bucks have. In your mind, is it more important for the Chiefs to get pressure on Tom Brady, or is it more important for 
the Bucks to figure out a way to stop all these receivers from going in every direction possible. I think if I'm Spagnolo, I'm going back to what's worked against Brady, and he's had some great success against Brady, and that is that pressure up the middle. We get the full take on Brady, but there's one thing we know he's not going to do, and that he, he's not scrambling. He's going to stay in the pocket. He's great at moving within the pocket and avoiding pressure. There's no doubt about that. But I think if I am Kansas City on the defensive side of the ball, I'm looking for him to be uncomfortable. If he's throwing before he's ready, if he's throwing off his back foot, if he's not able to step into throws, if he's just sensing the pressure of getting to him, then the other stuff takes care of itself. But if you are looking to just play coverage and hope that your receiver, your cornerbacks and your safeties and linebackers can hold up in coverage against the weapons that Tampa Bay has, you're going to get eaten apart. And Tampa Bay is going to be able to control the game. They're going to be able to go on drive and really milk the clock. So I think that if you're able to just get the pressure into Brady's face, you don't have to stack him, but just get him off timing a little bit, get him off schedule, make him understand that the pressure is coming and the coverage on the outside will be good enough and, and long enough for them to be able to be contested throws instead of wide-open throws. We're talking to Danny Flecky here on Teeing It Up as we preview um, Super Bowl 55. You know what time it is? It's time for special teams. And we've got two kickers um, that are going to play a big part in this. I, I believe this game is a bit basically a shootout, which means that if, if, if you miss an extra point or you miss a field goal, it could have a major impact. Harrison Butker, Ryan Suckup, where do you put your money? Uh, which one of those would you want on your team? I think I would want Bucker just because of his potential and his ability to kick long field goals. But I think for me in this game, the special teams units that are more important are Tampa Bay's units because they're not that good. And you look at Kansas City and who they put back there on kickoff returns and punt returns, you got to be able to kick the ball out of the end zone and cover if you don't. And you got to be able to punt the ball directionally and keep it out of the hands of Hartman. So those are the types of plays that can really swing this game. Um, and Tampa Bay special teams unit is not that good. We saw a kickoff return against New Orleans that was returned for a touchdown, called back. A couple of long punt returns in that game as well. We, uh, thankfully, there were some penalties against the state that called those back. But Kansas City is one of the best special teams units in the league year in and year out. They can always put Hill back there as well. So I think when I look at the special teams, one of them, one of the units that has to really play well is Tampa Bay's coverage team. So I think that you know, the field goal kickers are what they are at the end of the day. There probably will be a missed extra quarter field goal in this game. That's just the way things have been playing in the NFL lately. Um, but if you're Tampa Bay, your coverage teams have to be on point. Otherwise, you run the risk of having the game get away from you, and you're putting the ball in, in the hands of playmakers on the Kansas City side. All right, so uh, Ryan Suckup's the kicker, Bradley Pinion, and I hope I pronounced that right, is the punter. Uh, big day for both of those in the pass coverage team, and Hardman is so good in open space. He can turn on the Jets as, as well as Tyreek, I would argue, in open space when he's uh, uh, in, in, in uh, uh, kick and punt return. Jeez. 
I forgot what I was talking about there for a second. Uh, Danny Flecka with us and teeing it up. All right, props. Where do you like your bets? Uh, what are your best bets for uh, tomorrow night at 630? Yeah, so I have so many of them, so I'll do my best to remember as many <laughs> as I can. Um, so from a prop perspective, I think I've handicapped this game for Kansas City. Uh, I think Kansas City is going to be, again, very pass-heavy. I think that the rush game for Kansas City is going to play a part, but not necessarily uh, a deciding factor. I think it's just something they're going to use to, to keep Tampa Bay off balance and to help with play action. But I like Patrick Mahomes over completions. I believe I got the 28. Um, I like... Um, I have Kyrie Hill, longest reception, over 27.5 yards. I have um, Travis Kelsey leading the team in receiving yards for Kansas City. And then I also have uh, Daryl Williams under 15.5 combined receiving and rushing yards for the game on the Kansas City side. Um, On the Tampa Bay side, I have um, Godwin with the most receiving yards for Tampa Bay. Uh, and Mike Evans over four and a half receptions. And, oh, man, I'm trying to think of what else. I have a ton of them. Oh, and then if I go on the defensive side of the ball, um, I have a couple of the corners. I think it's um, Jamal Dean and uh, Murphy Bunting with over on their tackles. Um, Again, because I think Tampa Bay is going to be throwing the ball to their wide receivers a bunch, so I think they're going to be involved in a lot of those plays. and I think just for a long shot, I did take a special teams uh, touchdown um, to, to be scored in this game because I think Kansas City just had that explosive of a unit that there's a possibility. It's like plus 400, but it's worth to throw a couple bucks on just to see if you could potentially hit that. Um, no bets about the national anthem? I don't touch that. It's too... <laughs> You know, with everything else that's going on in this game, all the props and everything, I'm not going to do my research on, you know, how long the national anthem's going. There you go. All right, Danny Flecka, closing this thing out. What happens tomorrow night on CBS at 6.30 in Super Bowl 55? I, I have Kansas City minus three, and... The reason why is I think they have the three best players that are going to be on the field at any given time, Mahomes, Hill, and Kelsey. Um, I know Tom Brady's great. I know it's tough to bet against him. But when I look at the Bucks, the last couple of games they've played, they've been buoyed by turnovers and the ability to have short fields. We saw that against Washington. They went up against a third-string quarterback. Even though it was a bit of a closer game than people thought it was going to be, um, they were still able to play that game the way they wanted to. They have four turnovers against the Saints um, that allowed them to, to take that game into control. That was a tie game for most of the time until that big Devin White interception. Uh, and then against Green Bay, we had a sequence that allowed them to, to take control of that game at the end of the first half with the, the interception, the non-PI call, and then the, the complete gap by Green Bay's defense. So for me... I look at this game and say, can Tampa Bay get those extra possessions that allowed them in the last three weeks to be able to pull out these games and play from ahead? And I just don't see it happening. Unless Mahomes has absolutely his worst game he's ever played, I don't know if they're going to be able to get the turnovers necessary in order to create those extra possessions or short fields. Um, And remember, not all turnovers are created equal. 
Um, so, I mean, they could get a turnover inside their own 20, but that means they could drive the length of the field to, to score. So, to me, I just think Kansas City is just too good. They understand what they have. They know how to scheme their players open. And while Tampa Bay has been playing really good, they have the best quarterback of all time behind center. I think the other guy is just better at this point. Mahomes is just a better quarterback. And I think that he's able to control games in ways we haven't seen before. And we saw it happen last year. They were down, and he was able to, to come back. And I just think this year it's going to be a little bit more even. I don't think that Tampa Bay's defense is as good as San Francisco's. And I think Kansas City's defense is a little bit better than it was last year. Um, so I'm, I'm on the Chiefs. I took that minus three. All my props are hedged towards the Chiefs as well. So I'm um, handicapping the Chiefs to have a big game. But I do think that Tampa Bay will keep it close enough. So my, my score, if you want to score, is 30-24 to 24 Kansas City. I have 31-28 Tampa and what's basically a toss-up. Whoever gets the ball last could be the winner. Um, I see this as being real. Yeah, I mean, that could, that could happen. I, I think, you know, it's one of those things where if Tampa Bay gets behind, do we see the Tampa Bay that we saw against New Orleans in the regular season when they were behind? Or do we see the Tampa Bay that we saw in the playoffs when they were, you know, in a fist fight with the state? Yeah. And it, it, it really comes down to that to me, but... If Tampa Bay is able to limit big plays, they can stay in this game. Uh, but that's going to be really, really hard just because we know Kansas City is able to rip those off at any given point. We shall see how it turns out tomorrow night. Danny Flecka, thank you, as always, for coming on Teeing It Up. We look forward to seeing what happens in Super Bowl 55. Yeah, last game of the year. Let's enjoy it. Yes, sir. All right, thank you, sir, and thanks to everybody out there for listening. We'll see you next time on Teeing It Up.